for a miracle. I've seen God turn a mess into a miracle. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Would you bless God for our choir? Thank you, choir. Thank you. Brother B.J. Jones, our choir director, Sister Janelle Francis, our worship and art director, wonderful anointed band. Thank God they have been here in both services this morning, 8 and 11. We are so grateful for them. There is a word from the Lord as we continue to stand for the reading of God's word. This year of 2017 has been deemed here at Bible Way the year of God's supernatural favor. Amen. We have shared series throughout the years of individual testimonies of people that God had used in a mighty way, in a supernatural way. This series that we are in now is simply called Imperfect. And it is the testimony of the Apostle Peter. Now, I said to the congregation this morning at 8, and we thank God for the 8 o'clock crowd, tremendous crowd this morning of those who worship with us at 8, that if you somehow feel as if this series does not apply to you, if you somehow feel that you have it all going on and there are no imperfections in your life, that you are void of any flaws, then we all will close our eyes for 10 seconds so you can tip out under no judgment. Amen. But if you feel like the rest of us, that you are so imperfect, that there are so many things you struggle with every day, amen, that God has you in the right place at the right time. Sermon number three, the text is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. John, the 18th chapter, verses 10 and verse 11. We're reading from the New International Version, the NIV translation. John chapter 18, this two verses, verse 10 and verse 11, as we continue to look at the testimony of Peter in this imperfect series. Verse 10 reads, Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Verse 11 says, Jesus, here's where the subject is found in this verse, Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? And the church that loves God's word said amen. Amen. Reach over and catch someone by the hand quickly. Hold those hands as we bless uh, the subject for today's message into someone's spirit. Look at someone. Encourage them with these words. Say to them, Put your sword away. Tell them you don't need it now. Put it away. You may be seated. Put your sword away. Amen. Don't tweet. Don't post. 
Don't say anything about anybody who's out to get you. Don't fight back. Amen. <laughs> Put it away. I know I'm speaking to a whole lot of fighters in here. Amen. Some of you are just natural born fighters. You, you, you're ready to fight anybody and anything. Amen, somebody. I tell somebody, put it away. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Listen, it has been said, and I agree with this statement, that the act of retaliation is often, listen to this, is often the foundation of self-destruction. Hear this. The act of retaliation is often the foundation that leads to your destruction. Listen, my brothers and sisters, the desire to retaliate is also one of the great examples of our human imperfection. Amen. The truth of the matter is all of us have been there. All of us struggle with this human imperfection to retaliate, to fight back, to give folk a piece of our mind, to speak up and don't take no stuff. Unfortunately, in today's society, this attitude or the attitude of retaliation or the willingness to fight back is oftentimes viewed by others as a strength that people wear with a badge of honor. I told the church this morning, folk stick their chests out and say, I don't take no mess. Nobody mess with me. I can give it as well as I can take it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they somehow pat themselves on the back because they're willing to fight and willing to stand up. We even, from a young age, teach our kids how to do that. I, I remember, Chip, the first real fight I ever got in. My granddaddy, my, my dad, was angry at him. He lived in Taylor's, and Taylor's had called up the street and down the street. I never understood that, because the whole street was about three blocks. But uh, there was this young man called Weaver. Weaver was tough. Weaver mama name was Mookie. You know he had to be tough. You got a mama named Mookie, you, you, are, you are tough, man. man. <laughs> Y'all, somebody mad at me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, I had to have been in third grade or fourth grade, and Weaver would take everything I own on the playground, take the ball, just beat me. So one day my granddaddy got in the car, went to pick Weaver up, bring him to the playground, put me in the playground, drew the line in the sand, told Chip and Tyrone and all my cousins, y'all don't get involved. And he said, boy, you're going to fight now. You're going to fight now. Weaver and I just went at it, clothes already, dirty, nose bleeding. But when it was over, Granddad stuck his chest out and said, ain't nobody pick on my grandsons. Weaver could have given me a concussion. Weaver beat me like a rag dog. I'm, 
I'm surprised I got any sense today, okay? But at least Granada was proud that I got beat up again, okay? He, he took pride in the fact that you've got to fight back. Wear it as a badge of honor. But the truth of the matter is that sometimes it takes more strength to refrain from retaliating, to refrain from fighting, than it does to retaliate. I discovered that it doesn't take much sense fight back. We are natural born uh, reactors uh, to folk who come against us. But it takes strength. In fact, Pastor Bradley, it takes the Holy Ghost to hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. Any witnesses in here? Folk think it's a weakness, but it is a strength to refrain and just say, God, you've got this. Listen to this wonderful quote um, that I saw that the late Mrs. Coretta Scott King, the wife of the late Dr. Martin Luther King, said, you've got to remember that on April the 4th, 1968, she lost her husband at the age of 39 years old. Dr. King was 39 years old. Mrs. Scott King had four infant childhood children to raise by herself. Someone asked her in an interview, are you angry? Do you feel like something ought to be done? Do you feel like retaliating? Here's her words, and I quote. She says, one evil deed is not redeemed by another evil deed of retaliation. Mrs. Scott King goes on to say that revenge and retaliation always seems to perpetuate a cycle of anger, fear, and violence. She said, and I quote, all it does is make you angry and it destroys your life. What powerful words. A woman who had every right to be angry. Husband is dead at 39 years old. In her own words, she says, left him with four children to raise and broke. Because Dr. King gave his whole life to helping others. He wasn't out making money. But yet, Mrs. King realized something. That you don't fight evil with evil. You don't fight violence with violence. Amen. Dr. King was an agent of peace, was a student of Mahatma Gandhi. Dr. King believed in peaceful protests. And he even instructed those in the civil rights era to allow folk to do all kinds of things against them. But just stand there because the image was that if you resist with peace and love, God will ultimately fight on your behalf. Any witnesses in here? I wish I had just few folk that can clap those hands and say, God will fight your battle. Yes, we must learn how to put our swords away. We must learn how to let the Lord fight our battles. And although it may seem tough and there are times in which you may get knocked down, but if God is on your side, what are you worried about? 
The scripture says, when my enemy and my foe came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Woo! Uh, the psalmist goes on to say, if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side, where would we be? How many of you know that when God fights on your behalf, that it's going to be all right? There are times in which the enemy comes against you. In fact, the Bible says it comes in like that flood, but God said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Uh, you've got to be able to trust God. You've got to be able to lean on God. You must be able to believe and declare that God is a very present help even in your times of trouble. Amen? Look at our text as we turn to the text and see another uh, powerful demonstration of Peter and his testimony. Let us see what this text teaches us through the life of Peter concerning the subject of retaliation. Our text occurs during what was the final week of Jesus' life, week of passion. Jesus' final week, the upper room discourse has happened. Last supper has occurred, washes the disciples' feet, takes them in the garden and prays with them. And uh, they go to sleep and he prays. And in the midst of all that he was going through, he says uh, to his father, Father, if it's any way possible, let this cup pass for me. He's talking about that cup of suffering, cup of pain that he knew would come. Then he says, but nevertheless, not your will, but let, not my will, but let your will be done. I'm reminded, uh, Deacon Chris had grave of a wonderful message that Bishop Ronald Brown preached years ago. I never forgot as a young boy, he called God looked in the bottom of the cup. Woo, when Jesus wanted to give up, he looked at the bottom of the cup and he saw you and me and he saw every issue we had and he saw the struggles in 2017. He says, I'll drink from the cup. Why? Because somebody needs to be delivered. Anybody glad that God did not give up the struggle that he drunk from the cup? And so he transitions. The text tells us that they transition out of the garden and they go uh, to a point where now Judas, one of his very own, Judas, the treasurer of the Jesus movement, the three-year Jesus movement, uh, is now about to betray Jesus. Judas was going to betray Jesus, not just for the silver that he received, but it is believed, and, and, and I believe this in, in studying historical scripture context, that Jesus thought that this will Hi, this will hasten uh, Jesus' warfare with the Roman government. For all of them, including Peter, Judas, believed that Jesus ultimately would overthrow their enemies with force. And it doesn't seem as if Jesus wanted to go in that direction. So I believe that Judas uh, said, I, I, I will help the cause out and I'll get paid. Okay? So he, he betrays Jesus and turns him over to the Roman government, turns him over to the religious leaders who had their own 
uh, diabolical plans uh, to put him on trial and to ultimately crucify Jesus. Now, use your Holy Ghost imagination with me for a moment and picture Jesus uh, leaving the garden knowing that he was of the Father and he had all power in his hands. And at just one uttering of a word, he could summon down angels to come and fight on his behalf. And so here is uh, this group of Roman soldiers and religious leaders, the high priests and others, that comes by night. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Uh, and now Jesus stands. The text says earlier they asked, where is Jesus? And Jesus voluntarily gives himself up and says, I am he. I am the one that you are looking for. And so they grab Jesus and proceed to take him back to Jerusalem to put him on trial. Then Peter does what Peter always do. Peter react out of his emotions. Peter react out of his human nature. There was a sword that Peter had. Some people don't even need swords. <laughs> Peter of all folk did not need to be carrying a sword, but he had it to fulfill the scripture. Now use that same imagination. Jesus in the garden, Roman soldiers all around him, grabbing him, taking him back. Peter draws his sword. Peter retaliates by swinging at the servants of those who had his master. And the text says that Peter cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest. In other words, Peter was ready to fight on Jesus' behalf. Peter was ready to defend Jesus. But what Peter did not know, good God Almighty, was that Jesus didn't need him to defend him. Jesus did not need Peter to fight on his behalf. Jesus had the power in his voice to annihilate all of his enemies. But there was a purpose for the cup. Woo, I feel like preaching. Anybody know no matter what you're going through, God told me to tell you there's a purpose for the cup. And oftentimes we will shortchange our blessings if we allow our flesh to retaliate when God says allow your spirit to stand still. See what God can do. Tell somebody you don't have to fight. Tell them put away your sword. Peter grabs the sword, swings at the servant, cuts his ear off. Jesus performs his last miracle before the cross. Woo! Go with me, Zion. The last miracle before the cross was not healing an ally. The last miracle before the cross was not healing one of his followers. But he healed the ear of the man who came to arrest him. Somebody ought to say, but Jesus... Only Jesus can perform a miracle on an enemy. Can I preach this? Should I preach this? And here you are fighting your enemies. 
And Jesus said, hold on, Peter. You don't need to fight. There's a purpose for what I'm going through. Jesus touches the servant's ear. And the servant's ear is healed. According to Luke chapter 22. Then Jesus turns to Peter. As recorded in Matthew chapter 26. And say, Peter, put away your sword. All who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. In other words, Peter, I don't really need your help. I don't need you to fight this fight. Jesus was telling Peter, Peter, there's a purpose from what I'm going through. Too many of us are too ready to fight. When God says, I sent that enemy to give you a hard time so that they can fulfill my purpose in your life. Can I preach to somebody? Look at somebody say, neighbor, some of your enemies were sent by God just to fulfill God's purpose in your life. If some of you had not had enemies, you wouldn't be prayer warriors. If folk didn't try to destroy you, you would not have developed a prayer life. But because you went through something, it taught you how to fall on your knees and declare, Father, I stretch my hand to thee. No other help I know. How many of you are glad that you went through something? Don't fool me now, but look at somebody and say, I'm glad that I had to suffer. For suffering taught me how to pray. And prayer turned my situation around. Woo! I, I feel a right now praise in here. Take about 15 seconds to give God your best praise for your worst enemy. Give God your best praise for your worst enemy. Somebody who thought they would destroy you ended up helping you. Joseph said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. I feel that preacher. Look at somebody. Say, put your sword away. You have no need to fight this one. I am reminded of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 through 17. Can I share that with you? The NIV translation. King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah uh, were confronted by their enemies. King Jehoshaphat said, Lord, we have no might against this mighty army. Neither do we know what to do. But our eyes 
on you. How many of you ever had your back to the wall? Didn't know how you were going to come out of it. The enemy says, fight your way out. But God says, hold on and pray your way out. Praise your way out. Thank God for a way out. Look at verse 15. 2 Chronicles, the B clause. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. You've got to help me encourage somebody. Look at somebody said, this is not your fight. This is not your battle. You don't have to defend yourself. This is a fight between a devil and God. Put your sword away. Verse 16. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing past Ziz and you will find them at the end of the guard. Then he says, take your position. Woo! Stand still. Look at verse 17. Help me preach this. Look at somebody say, you will not have to fight this battle. Take your position. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It's already yours. I feel a praise in here. Somebody is going through something, but God says, put your sword away. The battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, God will fight on your behalf. No weapon that the enemy has against you shall prosper. It's already won. Anybody believe that? Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Trouble will come. Trouble will come. But I've got some good news for you today. Put it away. Don't respond. Do not retaliate. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battle. Why? Because victory is already yours. <laughs> I feel something in here right now. I'm almost done. But look at somebody and say, neighbor, I want you to know you don't have to worry about the outcome of this confrontation. It has already been predetermined that you shall win and not lose. You are the head and not the tail. You are blessed going in, blessed coming out. Oh, take 30 seconds to give God your best. Already done. 
All right, a dime. Leave your seat. Give two people a high five and say, I just want to let you know you can put your sword away. It's already done. We've already won. Victory. 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 I see your miracle. I see your breakthrough. I hear a war cry. Feel something, mother. I feel it. Now look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, this is not a cry to fight. This is a war cry to praise God. This is a war cry to give God your best praise. This is a war cry. They give God your best dance. One more time. Come on, somebody meet me. your way out of it some situations you've got to praise your way out some situations you've got to praise him in advance you've got to praise him like you already know that you've already won
Lift those hands all over this place. God told me to end this message right now because this altar call is so important. And I want you to listen to me carefully. Some of you are already at the altar. But we all have struggled with the temptation to retaliate, to fight back. Sometimes we get so sick of the same people always making our life miserable. Am I right about it? Sometimes we feel as if we can't take it anymore. I've got to do something because they are always, always trying to ruin your life, trying to hurt you and your family. But I stopped by to tell you as we prepare for this altar that victory belongs to Jesus. Victory is already won. You can put away your sword because Jesus will fight on your behalf. I've come to the point in my life that I don't even try to defend myself anymore. I, and I tell other folk, don't even try to defend yourself. My son was in some place the other day, I, and my brother-in-law, and they, they were laughing. They were in the barbershop. They didn't know who they were. They were talking about all these big churches, and they heard that Pastor Jackson got his own private airplane. And the church do all of that. <laughs> the church has an airplane. I told him, I'll just take a working van right now if we can get it here. And so the temptation is always to fight back. Speak up for yourself. Don't let folk push you around. But look at somebody and say, put your sword away. You don't have to fight anymore. Why? Because victory belongeth to Jesus. The song said, who will stand against the Lord? No one can, no one will. Who will stand against the King? Ooh. No one can, no one will. Victory <laughs> belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to him. So we put our trust in you, Lord. Come on, point your hand and say, we put our trust in you, Lord. We put our hope in you, Lord. For you are our provider. You are our redeemer. You are our very present help. Amen. Victory belongs to Jesus. Come on. Somebody else come right now to this earth. Yeah. against the Lord. Yeah, yeah, no one. No one can. No one will. No one will. Who will stand against the King? 
No one, no one can. Sing Tommy, yeah. No one will. Oh, oh, victory belongs to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Victory belongs to Jesus. You don't him. have to fight anymore. Oh, 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 just wave those hands in the air. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory, victory belongs to him. Say who will stand? No one, no one, no one, no one, no one, no one, say who will stand, who will stand against Wave those hands in the air. Tell them victory. Tell somebody victory. Put our trust in you, Lord. Yes, we put our hope, hope in you because you will. You're a provider. I find my victory. Yeah, yeah. I'm forever Somebody, victory. victory yeah, yeah, victory. Victory belongs to him. Victory belongs to him. Yes, it does. Victory belongs to him. Listen, there are three key takeaways from this message that we're going to go over in detail on Tuesday. But I just want to leave them with you because God says this message is so significant as it relates to our journey through life. 
because the enemy wants us to stoop to the level of our enemies. When you stoop to somebody else's level, it's hard to tell the difference between who's who. Amen. If you cuss like they cuss, then all both of you are being used by the enemy. If you fight like they fight, then there's no difference between you and them. Listen, these three key takeaways. One is on this journey called life, we as people of faith must always resist the temptation to retaliate. Tell somebody you don't have to fight back. Number two, and we'll go through this again on Tuesday. God has a purpose. <laughs> Tell somebody God has a purpose in everything we go through. Now listen to this. Sometimes we've got to drink from the cup. Sometimes you've got to go through some heartaches, some hardships in order for God to fulfill his purpose in your life. Number three, we can put away our swords simply because we and he has already won. Look at somebody and say, yes, victory belong to Jesus. You don't have to fight. Why? Because God has already won on your behalf. Amen, somebody. Ooh. Close those eyes. If you don't have that relationship with God, and I want you to hear me this day, if you're not where you ought to be, listen to this. If you've not committed to something greater than you, if your greatest achievement is you come to church, but you've not become a part of the church, God said it's time to take the next step. Because what gives you the victory is your relationship with the Lord. In 2 Chronicles, what made it easy for King Jehoshaphat and the nation of Judah to stand still and watch God fight on their behalf was that they had a relationship with God. You can't make it through this world by yourself. And I know in this climate of independence and I know in this climate of relying on yourself because you can't rely on anybody else. I've come to declare and decree that the devil is a liar. There is one somebody you can rely on and his name is Jesus. Whew. And so as we close our eyes, reach over and catch someone by the hand. Whew. Someone this morning needs to make the next step. Whew. And you need to commit to something greater than yourself. <laughs> Be a part of what the Lord is doing in your life. I see so much anointing. So many wonderful young people that are standing here, young adults and others. Victory belongs to Jesus. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to fight. You don't have to fight a fight that God has already won on your behalf. So after we pray this prayer, I will come down to that altar. 
and I just want you to meet me there. If you said, Pastor Jackson, I, I'm tired of being knocked around by the same enemies. I, I want to introduce you to somebody by the name of Jesus who will fight on your behalf. Amen. If you're ready to commit to something greater than yourself, if you've not joined the church and you want a church family, we would be honored to have you as part of this family. But listen, more importantly, I will be honored to welcome you into his kingdom. Because when the church no longer exists, the kingdom will live on forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We, we honor you this day. We thank you for this message. Put away the sword. We have fought too often. We have been fighting too long. And now I'm hearing you speak to someone this day. You are saying to us, as you said to Peter, put your sword away. I need to drink from this cup. Whew. Thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that you drunk from the cup. Because you drunk from the cup of suffering, we are able to drink from the cup of salvation. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for fighting on our behalf. Thank you for destroying the enemies that wanted to destroy us. Thank you for allowing no weapon formed against us to prosper. Now move in a mighty way. Touch somebody's life so that they will know that victory belongeth to you. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Those that know it is so said amen. Put your arms around somebody. Say you already have the victory. Ooh, you already got it. Come on. If you want to make that decision today, come on. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, you don't have to be perfect. Come on, young lady. Others, come on. Stand right here. God is calling you. If you're here, you want to make that commitment. Wave those hands if you're here. Thank you. Victory! You're a provider. Look at God. I find my victory. Come on, you are. Wave those hands, somebody else. Aren't you tired of fighting? Aren't you tired of fighting? Come on, let God fight for you. Victory, Somebody else is coming. Amen. Come on. Clap your hands as somebody walk down this aisle. Yeah. Forever victorious. Forever victorious. I find victory. Come on. You will deliver. On this young adult month. All of these young adults are standing here, giving their life to the Lord, joining the church. Come on, somebody else around here. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? God's calling you. God's calling you right now. Anyone else? Give God a hand of praise.
for these as we take them in the back. Victory! Tell somebody victory. Come on, clap those hands for these. Lift those hands all over this place. You know what God told me last week? God says, you don't have to fight anymore. Chip, God said, is already done. Victory is already won. When God fights your battle, you can stand still. Tell somebody, put your sword away. Don't retaliate. Don't respond. Ignore your enemies. And praise your God. Amen. Oh, I like that. Look at somebody say, ignore your enemies. And praise your God. Meet us here on Tuesday night for one hour as we go over these three key points. Lift those hands for the benediction. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor. And may the Lord give you his peace. And those that love the Lord said amen. Amen. Greet somebody. Amen. As you go out, greet somebody. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Amen.